Hello and welcome back to Simplicity Parenting, the Simplicity Diaries with me, Kim John Payne. This week, uh, a question came up from a parent about protecting kids from adult stresses and conflict. And such a good question. So many uh, parents over the years have uh, raised this question. And I want to begin to answer that with, uh, with a focus on self-care. We'll come in a, a subsequent session to, um, to, to talking about care for the children. But I think the, the first step is to really care for ourselves when there's a lot of stress and potential conflict in uh, your own world with adults around your family or adults around your your children. It could be, you know, a partner, a former partner, extended family. It could even be with school professionals and uh, sports coaches, if a child's very involved, um, heavily involved in sports, all kinds of possibilities. But it's not just, of course moving right away to protecting a child. We'll only be able to do that fully and properly if we are uh, regulated ourselves, if we're healthy, if we're as balanced as we can be within ourselves. So starting with that in mind, one of the first things I find to do is to is to check and and recalibrate a relationship. Now, what I, I mean by this is that the cause of a lot of stress um, within adult relationships, close adult relationships, is usually uh, a miscalibration between where you want that person to be in your life and where they are in your life, at what level. Let me just unpack this just a little bit. Um, and I've talked about this in a previous podcast, but this is looking looking through it uh, through through a different window, really. Is that when you, uh, we have significant uh, conflict with someone that is in our lives and in our children's lives, very often that person is is close to you and the children. That otherwise, it 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 couldn't hurt that much. Right. If you have conflict with some person uh, at the supermarket, <laughs> or you know who cuts line at a concert, uh, you know it might rankle you for a few hours, but it's no big deal. In this situation, though, it's someone usually pretty close, and I think of four concentric types of relationship. And let me just briefly describe them. I talk about this, by the way, in the Soul of Discipline book, if anyone wants to do a little bit of a deeper dive into that. The first uh, uh, kind of relationship is, is I use the metaphor, is they're outside the garden fence. You know, there's, there's your house, there's your garden, and there's your boundary of your property. And, and there's, there's people who are outside that Outside the garden fence, they're, um, they're people who you see. They're people who you're willing to greet, perhaps. But they're living their lives. You're living yours. The next step towards 
the house towards you know more um, you know close relationships is you might open that gate and invite someone into the garden and sit at the picnic table, the garden table, and it, it, it's their, their acquaintances. Um, they're friends of sort. Uh, you're friendly with them, but not particularly good friends. But it's, it's polite, respectful. There they are. Um, but then off they go. They don't come to the house, metaphorically, <laughs> perhaps even really. And then there's relationships of uh, of people who you would you know you'd sit on the porch with them you know you would perhaps tell them a little bit more about your biography you would um, listen to theirs uh, and a little bit closer now but still not invited into the core of of of, of your of your relationships into that core relationship. And then there's people who you um, would have right in, in at the kitchen table. There they are. And if you've got, you know, a small handful of people like that in your life, you're lucky indeed. Really, it's we often dramatically overestimate the number of people that should be at a kitchen table. It's not big. It's not big. Many more people can, can uh, be out there on the, um, on the porch you know, and a lot of people can you can have around a large picnic table or garden table, but at your kitchen table, mm-mm, not not so many. And of course, then there's this one final step of someone you invite into your bedroom, into that intimate relationship. Now, the reason I take time to mention that is that it's it's worth pausing at this point to say, where is this person, or where are you know, like, and take them individually. Where is this person now in terms of calibrating my relationship? Do I particularly want them at the kitchen table, but they themselves feel that they're outside the garden fence? Or alternatively, is that person, um, for me, I need them to be outside the garden fence um, but they keep on wanting to be at the kitchen and I keep on allowing them to be there or I keep allowing them to be on the porch and it's causing me a lot of stress, do I need to to place them further away? For now, something may change down the track. But do I need to rethink my expectations of this relationship? Doing that helps calibrate and helps set things right. And there there can be myriad different nuances to this. One of the ones I've seen uh, in uh, that that in common that helps a lot is if that if that person was perhaps a you know um, a, a former partner, a, a close relative, well, just because someone is your own flesh and bone, you know, just because they they might be your mother or father or uncle or cousin doesn't mean that they have a free pass to come and sit at your kitchen table. It really does not. As a parent, I believe our first our, 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 our first and uh, what we need to look at first and foremost and our duty is to our child, n- not to extended family. And personally, I'm very, very clear about that. So, so if there's if there's a decision to be made, and uh, and, and a relative, a blood relative, even needs to be placed on the porch, because they're still you want to be in good relationship with them. 
that's fine. If they need to be at the at the garden table further away, that's fine too. But if they need to be outside the garden gate for now, that's fine too, because their behavior has been so hurtful, difficult, and continues um, to be difficult. They need you to place them some other place for your own good, but for your child's good, but particularly for one's own self-care, there needs to be new clarity in that in that relationship, and then expectations can be recalibrated about what what you can expect and can't expect from that person. Now I know this is general, and I know there's all kinds of buts and like, but what if? But it, but let me just go on because I think this will build up um, a, a greater picture. And I'm very aware that there's all kinds of nuances in. Uh, family and adult conflict uh, around around you and and a, and a child. The next one uh, point that I want to make is finding uh, a sounding board, finding someone outside your family. Uh, it could be a paid professional, or it um, it could be someone who you really value and you ask their permission. It could be a colleague, but permission needs to be asked with a with a professional, of course, not so much because that's that's their their work. If it's if it's not, then permission needs to be asked. Can can I use you as a sounding board for what I'm going through at the moment? I need to, for example, calibrate my relationship to my former partner, to my uh, son's teacher, to um, my uh, in-laws. And I need someone to just be, I need someone to help me be objective about that. Um, That's one role a sounding board can play, professional or non-professional. Another role is to ask them to say, look, I don't want to be too easygoing about this and just be walked over, like be like a doormat. But I also don't want to start getting stuck and obsessing about this. Um, And can you help me be objective about whether I'm obsessing or whether I'm not taking it seriously enough? Because when you're right in a stressful situation with someone close to your family, it's really tricky to know. Uh, it's, it's not easy at all. Another part of, um, of maintaining that kind of objectivity, the sounding board is one, but also to, um, to connect with, um, with uh, keeping a journal, potentially. Some people find that very helpful because um, it helps bracket one's stresses and worries to say, okay, I'm going to write that down. I'm going to close my journal. And when I close my journal, I close my stressing as much as possible. I'm going to write it down and walk away. Other people have said, I allow myself worry time. I allot myself a morning and evening worry time. And if worries come up, I'll note them down and then I'll, I'll, you know, really look at that and explore it, but I don't want to walk around with this. I don't want to be with my children trying to be focusing on them and have this have this drama, this inner narrative going on, because that's scary for children and it removes us just that one step or more 
from our children and they sense it. They sense that something is up. More and more children are clear, sentient like that. They can look into our feelings. And so it's very important to be able to be with our children and not have this stressful or conflictual relationship going on. Um, Because not only is it stressful and worrying, but now it's also starting to get between uh, you and your your child, and so you're losing on all fronts. So finding a way to bracket this as best we can, I know this is not easy, but as best we can uh, is important. And I'm suggesting one or two or three ways is is finding a sounding board, uh, having a journal perhaps, having worry time. And related to this is cultivating and really um, caring for friends and family, when you when you do this um, uh, like, cal- like calibration of friendships and relationships, and you see, no, there are genuinely, if indeed you're lucky enough to have this, one or two or three people who I would consider trustworthy, who are right at my kitchen table, and cultivate them. You know, um, really appreciate them. Give them a call. Organize to, to go for a cup of tea with them, go for a walk with them, be with them, value them. But most of all, don't burn them out. Don't um, be very careful about disclosing all that's going on to these people. That's, that's if you can, if it's possible, use your sounding board for that. These are people who you want to wrap around you like a big warm blanket and I've seen situations where uh, there's been a, um, a lot of disclosure to these people about what's going on um, and it's burdensome and they start to, if they don't, um, some of them will start to back off because it's just too much for them. And even if they stay with you, they start to relate to you as through the lens of that problem. Should you mention what's going on to them? Of course, you know, that, that, you know, you're not going to try and hide it, but move on. My advice would be to seriously consider not op- not overly disclosing this um, and, and, and speaking about it for hours with that kind of, with those people at your kitchen table. It's, it's tempting to do it. And there might be, and this is the, you know, the, perhaps the, just a little side note, there might be one person at your kitchen table who you choose to be your sounding board. Well, okay, I think that's edgy to do, but it might seem like the best thing. Then then the others, the other one or two or three people, just, you know, go easy with them and, and enjoy the friendship, laugh with them, do fun things. Now, this is also related uh, in, 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 um, directly to finding things that you, that you love and doing a little more of them. You know, if you love walking in, in the woods, walking in the park, if you love reading or painting or listening quietly to some special pieces of music or whatever it is, often in stressful relationships, those things start to fall by the wayside. Now, this may not seem like a major point, and perhaps it's not, but I've seen this really help, um, help 
someone in a in a in a, a relationship that is full of conflict is to is to do a little more and if at all possible daily a small little something that you love to do if you love to bake do more baking and if you whatever it is that brings you you that kind of joy will also bring you a focus and when you're focusing in on that it gives your nervous system a rest and this can't be underestimated that your nervous system needs a rest needs a break and when you do that you then are going you're in a much more natural rhythm of stress and release of stress hormones and then those hormones can clear and then the stress will rise up again and then you do something you love uh, it might be something physical it could be yoga and then it clears now we know this we know that it's keeping fit is is good for us and all that but what i'm talking about is 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 reestablishing a, a healthy um sense of going into high alert and letting that drop and and letting those hormones clear otherwise one's body starts to become wired to it and starts to expect it and then the anxiety levels which should um uh, rise and fall stay at a moderate to to high level and then our our health suffers enormously forgive me i'm not saying anything that we all don't know i just want to um i couldn't help but have a reminder uh, of that also whilst we're talking about self-care notice the rhythms in your life what what are the rhythms with you and your kids uh, what are your morning rhythms uh, if you're a stay-at-home mum or dad what are the what are the rhythms you have through the day but if the children go off to school or you're going off to work what are your rhythms at work what happens when you come home just notice what are the rhythms that you have and then increase them intensify them a little bit i don't mean to obsess about them or anything i just mean care for them don't let go of them uh if if uh, so easily uh, they can't always be held of course but you know if you have a if you really have and value a meal time rhythm for example stick with it stay with that meal time rhythm even if you're a solo mum and your child is off uh with a with a father or mother still stay with your rhythm don't let it all fall away you know make your bed when you get up in the morning at the time that you do uh at the other end of the day eat your meal at the in the same way in the same place uh go to bed in the same way really keep with your rhythms it's the rhythms um that maintain our sense of vitality rhythm isn't just you know routine uh chinese medical doctors of course call this qi it's it's maintaining a sense of inner flow of energy and it's rhythm it's those natural rhythms of life that feed our sense of health and vitality that inner sense that all is well and again having strong rhythms when you're in stress and conflict particularly with family members allows your system to drain down of those stress hormones because there's predictability in it and you know something is coming uh because that's the rhythm of of how you get ready to go to sleep and bedtime and then you do that so your system in a sense gets tuned to, to this this is going to happen 
and then it happens. And that is signaling to your nervous system, all is well. And then you have another rhythm and you picture doing it and inwardly and you do it and your system again says, I am safe, I am well, and doesn't have to go into that survival, fight or flight uh, mechanism so, so um, uh, constantly. Rhythms are another way to rest our system, but more than just rest our system, they also uh, add to our vitality. So, so if you can, really stay with the rhythms uh, that you have uh, as much as possible. In stress and conflict times, That again, that's, that's not so um, easy to do. Also, to um, know what is, as we just, uh, this is perhaps one of the last suggestions, know what's within your circle of control, what's within your circle of influence, and what's within your circle of concern. Again, we talked about this in a previous podcast, but in, in looking through it uh, with this lens now, in terms of stress and worry in the family, when you're dealing with um, a, a conflict with perhaps an in-law uh, who is doing things with your kids who um, you really disagree with or uh, a school that is, that is um, or a teacher that's approaching a child in a way that you just don't feel as healthy or a friendship group and other parents of those friends that, you just, that you're in conflict with or that you're, that you're very, very worried or concerned about and it might not even rise to the level of conflict, but it is a concern and it is a a worry, Um, then understand that your circle of concern is large. It's the size of a, metaphorically, like of a beach ball. It's large. Your circle of influence is the size of a as, as of a watermelon. And your circle of control is the size of a grapefruit, <laughs> okay? Um, what's within your circle of, of control is relatively small. And to know the difference between your circle of control, your circle of influence, and your circle of concern, as Stephen Covey puts it, is to be an effective human being, to be an effective person. And so... If there, for example, is conflict going on with an extended family member and you really don't like the amount of mm, screen exposure that the grandparents uh, are allowing a child to see, perhaps think about what is within my, what's within my circle of, of control here. What, that's my circle of concern. What can I actually control now, some parents' answer to that has been somewhat radical, and they have said, you know what, I'm going to take a financial hit, I'm going to work less hours, and I'm not going to rely on uh, the children's grandparent to do aftercare, to, to babysit the kids and be with them every afternoon. Or I'm going to, uh, that was one parent actually did that. Another parent organized their flexible work life, actually, and, and did some take-home work, and uh, took a hit really, and this was you know, and stayed up uh, for that extra hour or two at night after the children were in bed, late into the night, didn't get to sleep much before midnight, uh, which was a which was tough. But when I spoke to her about that decision, because she said that is within my circle of control, I cannot rely on my in-laws who are doing these things for my kids that I simply don't like, and it's damaging them. It's it's they're they're 
behaving badly because of it. I am going to, these two hours that I take off work, that I then build on to the end of my day, are so much worth it because I'm not continually in stress and the children are a lot happier. But boy, that that's a that's a lucky mum who can first of all be able to do that, but it's also that's courage right there. Now to to wrap up, um, the ov- the overarching piece that I would suggest is this practice of the compassionate response meditation. The, I, I don't mean in any way to 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 um, you know be just talking about my own work and books, but in in the book being at your best when your kids are at their worst, there is a really good description and a deeper dive into how to be better emotionally self-regulated. And at the core of that is something called the compassionate response practice. And and parents who are going through stressful times, who practice this compassionate response, uh, there's a, a, a strong pattern of feedback of how that's helped them self-regulate. How, and the practice, as, as many of you might know, is, is being able to integrate your worries and it gives specific help. You know, it's, a, it's a couple of minutes a day of how to bring in and integrate your worries, concerns, feelings of anger, disappointment, and how to give more space to your 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 knowledge really that you're a good parent you're a good mum you're a good dad you do perfectly well most of the time because in stress and conflict that tends to shrink we tend to that gets compacted and we forget what a beautiful loving caring parent we can be and what the compassionate response practice does is that it offers us a way to maintain equilibrium. We get told this all the time: "Oh, you've you know you've got to you've got to sort of uh, you keep your cool." And I, I get it, but how? And the compassionate response practice, I, I want to say, will do this. And and I don't say many things absolutely, but this will. <laughs> forgive me, but it will help you maintain uh, that equilibrium that you so badly need at a time of family conflict. And it will then, of course, help your child co-regulate with you because they can sense things are going on. Now, what we'll do in in, uh, a subsequent uh, podcast is that we'll begin to look at what we can do for our child, questions about how much do you tell them, how much should they be involved in this, you know, all sorts of all sorts of questions come up about how do we how do we actually care for a child in a situation like this, you know, um, and and really now having secured ourselves. How do we help them when their mum and dad are in conflict? Their dad and the and a, and a dear you know, a a much trusted sports coach or in-laws or uncle or teacher at school. How do we help a child? Today we're focused on on our own self-care and in our subsequent podcast we'll focus on caring for our child. And again, in closing, I want to really emphasize the compassionate response practice because 
the, all these other things that I mentioned, the five or six other things I mentioned today, will all be um, deepened and potentized in a way. They'll be they'll be more powerful if you're coming from a place of regulation within yourself. Okay, probably one of the longest podcasts that we've we've done, but such a big subject. And 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 again, in closing, I want to emphasize this doesn't cover all the bases. There's all kinds of nuances and layers associated with this. Uh, and if you are experiencing conflict and difficulty with people close to your family, um, you know, my thoughts go out to you, but uh, I sure hope this was helpful. Okay, bye-bye for now.